Greetings, beautiful being of love and light. In the last level of the course, we discussed how we create our individual realities with our beliefs, intentions, and thoughts. In this topic, we will discuss how we collectively create our earth reality, our global reality. We're all co-creators as we are one with the one infinite creator. We have the ability to create as it is our inheritance as the sons and daughters of God. The world is a reflection of our collective inner states, just as our individual external reality is a reflection of our individual inner reality. It works in exactly the same way. The world reflects our collective beliefs and thoughts. So when we identify an issue with our world as a whole, it is not the fault of a few individuals, the cause lies within all of us. Society reflects our collective vibration, and since most are associated with a separate and imperfect ego, our society reflects it. Imperfections of greed, war, materialism, corruption and inequality are a result of our collective thoughts and vibration. By changing ourselves, the world will automatically change as a result to reflect this. To realise how we create our collective reality, we first need to understand the power of our intentions on the world around us. The Institute of Noetic Sciences conducted a double-blind experiment to see if beneficial intentions, a blessing, directed towards chocolate would raise the mood of people who ate it. More than the exact same chocolate that wasn't blessed. A double-blind design was used to offset any ordinary expectation effects, so it is a way of mitigating the placebo effect from the results, basically. They used dark chocolate, which is known to produce short-term elevations in mood. They wanted to know if a blessing would further increase those mood-enhancing properties. The intention applied to the treated chocolate was summarised into a specific statement. An individual who consumes this chocolate will manifest optimal health and functioning at physical, emotional and mental levels, and in particular will enjoy an increased sense of energy, vigour and well-being. Four groups of participants were carefully selected to ensure a level playing field. Three different methods were used to bless the chocolate a pair of senior Buddhist monks, an electronic device imprinted by six experienced meditators. So what this is, is six experienced meditators would set the intention on one specific device that said any chocolate around this device would be blessed. And a ritual performed by an experienced Mongolian shaman. A fourth group, the control group, was given the same chocolate from the same source, but it wasn't blessed. What they found was that by the third day of eating chocolate, the average mood measure had improved more in the groups eating the blessed chocolate than in the control group, with odds against chance of 24 to 1. While this outcome is only modestly significant from a statistical perspective, it did still show on the gold standard design for conducting clinical trials that the blessed chocolate altered subjective mood in a positive way. They then analysed a subset of individuals who normally consumed less than the average overall average of chocolate per week across all the participants. They examined the results of this low chocolate group because they thought that people who habitually ate a lot of chocolate might not show much of an effect by eating a little more, whereas people who didn't eat much chocolate might be more sensitive to the blessing. This subset of non-chocoholics did indeed show a much stronger improvement in mood, with odds against chance of 10,000 to 1. Professor Yong Jong Shia from the National Kaohsiung Normal University in Taiwan, ran an experiment to see if blessed water would influence the growth of seeds. 
For the seeds, Shia chose a small flowering weed in the mustard family. This particular seed, which is a common name of a mouse ear cress, contains a photosensitive protein called cryptochrome. This protein plays an important role in many aspects of plant growth. It is also found in both plants and humans, and there is evidence that cryptochrome has quantum properties. Shia has speculated that because the seed contained cryptochrome, it might act as a super-sensitive target for use in an intention experiment. The intention applied to the seeds was, the mouse ear crest that absorbs this water will manifest optimal growth. In particular, it will have increased nutrition, energy, vigor, and well-being. Monks mentally directed this blessing toward half the bottles in the wa of water in the room at the foundation for 20 minutes. Then, to avoid accidentally influencing the control bottles of water, which were located in the same room as the treated bottles, they added, this enhancement, referring to the blessed bottles, is only for this batch of water. Other than the monks and one research assistant, none of the participants or investigators in the study knew which bottles were blessed or in the control group, maintaining the strict double-blind design test. Over four experiments, the seeds that were treated with the blessed water grew more than the ones that were treated with the control water. The difference in seedling stem length was associated with odds against chance of 38 trillion to one. The increases in anthocyanin were associated with odds against chance of 33,000 to one. And the increases in chlorophyll were associated with odds against chance of 20 to one. This study showed that force of will produced objectively measurable changes in plant growth. Evidence of the intentional influence of the heart's electromagnetic field upon the field of another's heart can be seen in a heart math study in which 40 participants were divided into groups of four around 10 tables. While the heart rhythms of all four participants at the table were being measured, only three people were trained to raise their emotions through heart math techniques. When the three trained participants raised their energy and sent positive feelings to the untrained participant, that person also went into high states of coherence. So this proves that we can intentionally affect each other's emotions and heart rhythms. Controlling the weather with our intention, or atmokinesis as it's called, is not a new phenomenon. Native American tribes and ancient Egyptians believed they could cause rain through special rain dances. In more recent times, Legend has it that the sun always shines on the heads of Princeton alumni on graduation day. Roger Nelson, the director of the Global Consciousness Project, hypothesized that the collective wishing of the entire university community for a sun sunny day might actually have an effect in chasing rain clouds away. He gathered together all weather reports for the past 30 years and examined what the weather had been like before, during and after the Princeton graduation. Mainly he was looking for the daily rate of participation or rain. Uh, he also examined the weather of the six towns surrounding Princeton, which were to act as controls. Nelson's analysis showed some strange effects, as though some collective umbrella surrounded Princeton just on the day its students graduated. In the 30 years, 72% of graduation days had been dry, compared with 67% of days in the surrounding towns. In statistical terms, this means that Princeton had some magical dry effect around graduation time, and was drier than usual, whereas all the surrounding towns were as wet as they should be around that time of year. Even on the day when there's been a flood of 2.6 inches of rain in Princeton, curiously, 
the rain had held off until the ceremony had finished. So our intentions have incredible power in the universe. Not only do they affect our personal reality, but they affect the world around us as well. This is only possible because everything is connected. Everything is one. Thoughts are how we communicate to our surroundings and each other through the ether field, which connects everything in the universe. There are countless experiments like these that prove the power of our intentions. If you want to learn more about these other experiments, I encourage you to do your own research. However, what I want to discuss in this topic is how we can use this power to create a better reality. Firstly, we need to understand that when we unify in thought, this greatly increases the power of our thoughts. In the Law of One, Ra explains how they, create, they created the pyramids in Egypt. They explain that they are a society memory complex, where their society has realized that they are one, and actually combine to form one mind. Because of this unity, they explained that they could build the pyramids by their unified thought. Jesus talked a lot about the power of faith and is quoted in the book of Matthew in the Bible saying, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. But faith in what? Jesus was talking about the faith in our oneness with God, the belief in our godly power. When we realize we are part of God, we realize the power that we have. When Ra was asked about this quote from Jesus, they said, only the one individual purified of all flaws could move a mountain. But in the case of a mass understanding of unity, each individual may contain an acceptable amount of distortion, and yet the mass mind could move mountains. So a being who has fully realized their divinity can actually move a mountain all on their own. However, a group of people who each have a limited understanding of their power and who are gathered with the same intentions, they too can move a mountain to the unity of their thought. In scientific terms, unity of thought is called coherence. Thoughts are electromagnetic energy waves that we send out. When a group of people are unified in thought, they are sending out the same energy wave. The energy waves that each individual in the group sends out through their thoughts have the same properties. And when the group are unified in thought at the same time, the electromagnetic waves from each individual combine with each other to form one powerful big wave. And this process is known as constructive interference. The amplitude of the resulting combined uh, wave will be the sum of the amplitudes of the original waves. Waves with larger amplitudes are stronger. So when we are unified in thought at the same time, our thoughts become extremely powerful compared to if just one person had a thought. In the last level of the course, we use the example of the power of a laser that sends out coherent light compared to a weak incandescent light bulb that sends out incoherent light waves. In the law of one, the power of unity of thought is referred to as the law of squares. Due to this law, the power of our thoughts grow exponentially the more people that are unified in thought. Let us now look at the science proving the power of unity of thought. Roger Nelson, the director of the Global Consciousness Project, conducted experiments to see if consciousness could affect the outcomes of a random event generator, or REG. You can think of a random event generator as a computerized heads or tails machine. In normal circumstances, the REG would show heads 50% of the time and tails 50% of the time. Nelson decided to see if the REG would 
if the outcomes of his REG would be affected by events such as business meetings, academic meetings, a humor conference, concerts, and theatrical events. He sought out compelling, uh, compelling events that would keep the audience riveted, moments when a great number of people were all engaged in the same intense thoughts at the same time. The results showed that when attention focused the ways of individual minds on something similar, a type of group superradiance occurred, which had a physical effect. The REG machine was, in a sense, measuring the dynamics and coherence of the group. Only the business and academic meetings had no effect on the machine. If a group was bored and its attention was wandering, in a manner of speaking, the machine was bored too. The people at the meetings were all daydreaming about different things, as we all do during meetings, and so their thoughts were not unified. But at the humour conference, the machine made its biggest deviation during an evening keynote presentation, which was so funny, the audience had given the comic a standing ovation and demanded an encore. So everyone was unified in thoughts of laughter and joy at the same time, which greatly affected the random event generator. During the unfolding of events on 9-11, scientists at Princeton University's Global Consciousness Project were collecting data via the internet from more than 40 devices around the world. As data poured into a central server in Princeton, the scientists witnessed dramatic changes in the patterns in their random event generator. The dramatic changes in pattern right after the event caused the scientists to determine that the collective emotional response of people's outpourings was enough that it could actually be measured in the Earth's magnetic field. Many groups have understood the power of our unified thoughts and have gathered in mass meditations with the intention to create a better world. The power of temporary peace gathering projects has been exhibited and thoroughly field tested in more than 50 demonstration projects and 23 peer-reviewed studies, scrutinized by independent scholars around the world. The results have consistently demonstrated a positive effect in the immediate reduction of crime, warfare and terrorism by an average of over 70%. Think about that for a moment. When a group of people come together with a specific intention to change something or to produce an outcome, if they, um, if they create it with the energy and emotions of peace, unity and oneness, without physically doing anything, that unified community can produce changes 70% of the time. To quantify the results of these studies, scientists use a measurement called lead-lag analysis. The purpose of lead-lag analysis is to uncover correlations between people and incidents. In relation to peace-gathering projects, the studies have found that the greater number of meditators or peace-gatherers, and the greater the amount of time they meditate, the greater influence the gathering has upon de decreasing incidences of crime and violence in society. A powerful example is the Lebanon Peace Projects, which brought together a group of meditators in Jerusalem in August and September of 1983 to demonstrate the radiating influence of peace. Although the number of meditators fluctuated over time, it was often large enough to achieve the super radiance effect for both Israel and nearby Lebanon. This effect happens when a group of specially trained meditators come together at the same time on a daily basis to create and radiate a positive effect on society. The results of the two-month study showed that on days when there was a high particip participation of meditators, a 76% reduction of war deaths occurred. Other effects included reduced crime and fires, decreased traffic accidents, less terrorism, and increases in economic growth. 
The results were then replicated in seven consecutive experiments over a two-year period during the peak of the Lebanon War. All of this was achieved simply by combining people's intention for peace and coherence with the elevated emotions of love and compassion. This clearly demonstrates that the more unified the consciousness of a group of people is, the more it can change the consciousness and energy of others in a non-local way. In what's considered one of the top three peace-gathering studies in the Western Hemisphere, a RAND Corporation think tank assembled a group of nearly 8,000 trained meditators to focus on world peace and coherence during three periods ranging from 8 to 11 days each, from 1983 to 1985. The results showed that during this time, worldwide terrorism was reduced by 72%. In still another study, this time in India from 1987 to 1990, 7,000 people gathered to focus on world peace. During that three-year period, the world witnessed remarkable transformations toward world peace. The Cold War ended, the Berlin Wall came down, the Iran-Iraq War came to an end, South Africa began to move towards abolishing apartheid, and terrorist attacks subsided. What surprised everyone was the swiftness with which these global changes occurred, all in a relatively peaceful manner. In 1993, from June 7th to July the 30th, approximately 2,500 meditators gathered in Washington, D.C. in a highly controlled experiment to focus on peace and coherent energy. For the first five months of the year, violent crime had been steadily on the rise. Yet soon after the study began, a significant statistical reduction in violence, crime and stress in Washington, D.C. began to occur. These results point to the fact that a relatively small group of people united in love and purpose, can have a statistically significant effect on a diverse population. As soon as the group disbanded, the crime rate rose again. The study demonstrated that the effect couldn't have been due to such variables as the weather, the police, or any special anti-crime campaign. Another study of 24 US cities showed that whenever a city reached a point where just 1% of the population was carrying out regular transcendental meditation, the crime rate dropped by 24%. In a follow-up study of 48 cities, half of which had a 1% population which meditated, the 1% cities achieved a 22% decrease in crime, compared with an increase of 2% in the control cities, and an 89% reduction in the crime trend, compared with an increase of 53% in the control studies. So despite the events occurring in the world, we can choose to focus on a better reality. Where we place our attention is where we place our energy, and what we focus our energy on is what eventually manifests. When we collectively focus on negative events in the world, we give our energy to those events, which enables those negative events to continue or even get worse, and may bring more similar events. However, when we focus on better realities, we manifest those better realities. The stronger the emotional reaction associated with our thoughts, the more powerful is the manifestation of our thoughts. By focusing on negative events while having emotions of fear, you reaffirm that reality because you're emotionally attached to it. This is why I encourage you to switch off the news. However, if we visualize a better reality and have emotions of love and gratitude, we manifest that better reality. And what better way is there for us to be unified in thought at the same time to create a better reality than in mass meditations or prayers? 
And as we have seen in experiments, we, do not need, we don't even need that many people involved in these mass meditations and prayers to create significant changes in the world. Due to the law of squares, if we regularly get a few thousand people engaged in mass meditation or prayer to create a better world, it will undoubtedly produce significant changes. It really is that easy. We don't need to do anything other than meditate in order to create a better world. However, we need people to come together for prayer and mass meditations. Once this happens, this world will change quickly and dramatically. Many mass meditations have been taking place in this significant year of 2020. So I do encourage you to join as many of these meditations as you can, if you want to do your part to help with the world's ascension. Alternatively, you could start your own group meditation or prayer. I'm hoping once I have enough subscribers to this channel that I can organize mass meditations myself. In the meantime, I've put a link at the end of this video to my guided meditation to help with the world's ascension. You can complete this meditation by yourself or in a group. Thank you for watching. If you would like to donate uh, love or money to my channel, or if you would like to book a free spiritual sports session or free healing session with me, then please visit my website www.highvibeliving.co.uk.